Um, I just wanted to let you know really quick that um, <clears throat> I do have cucumber. Um, I checked my order and I do have a cucumber, so. Alrighty. I will talk to you later. Love you. Bye-bye. Hi, babe, Lois. It's uh, good to be with you, babes. Good to be with you, too. How are you feeling now that you just got out of the shower? Oh, I feel great. Good, good. I feel nice and fresh and clean, and I, you know, I just feel so good. Hold on, I'm just adjusting myself. We have had a lot of sleep uh-huh. since yesterday. So uh-huh. after we got done recording, uh-huh. you and I viewed two episodes of Deep Space Nine. Yes. Following that, mm-hmm. you're playing with your box right now. No, it, I always love it when a woman does it's that. It's a basket. You've called it a box before. No, I, I, I said it. I said box because um, you said box, but it's actually a basket. It's not a box. It's just a. Uh, well, I suppose it. I suppose it is kind of like a box, but you know, I'm just kind of fixing things here. Go on, keep talking. Anyways. It's a box. Around, it is a box, you just yeah. said. Okay. Yeah, I, I was right. I like it when women play with their box. Oh my goodness. And it's just a container, you guys. Container. I'll put stuff in. Oh my goodness. There all the time. Anyways. Ugh. J-Lo. Yes. Around 2.15 yesterday, yeah. we agreed to take a nap. Yeah. I woke up briefly around 3.20 for like five minutes, fell back asleep, and woke up around... 4.46. Well, I got up around 4.30, listened to some news, and then woke you up around 4.46. Oh, my We goodness. slept really well. It was really... I I was so tired. The so tired. crazy thing is, we went to bed by 11 last night and didn't really get up until around 7. I mean, we got up... You woke me up this morning. Uh, I don't remember doing that, but you... Anyway. Here's what happened. The bed is shaking. And I'm not doing it because I know when I'm guilty of that. So I don't remember doing this, by the way. Oh, I'm, I'm just telling you what happened, babes. This is around 5 a.m. I figured that must mean that you're up. I feel around and I grab your hand. Then you turn over to me and say, why did you grab my hand? Why are you, are you awake now? <laughs> I did. I was like, what's going on? I think to myself... I thought you were trying to wake me up. No, I wasn't. I don't even remember doing that. I yes. honestly think that you thought I was doing it. You were. No, I wasn't. I'm telling you, babes. I would know if I was doing it. You're like, get up, okay, now no, go I... back to sweep. No, I <laughs> Get up, it's time to go to bed. That's not how it happened. Okay. You, I really don't remember doing that. I'm telling I you, I have known. It. I would have known that I was, and I know when I'm doing it. And I really, yeah, I've kind of, but, and, and you admitted to me that you move around anywhere you sleep. So I do, but I don't shake in my sleep. <sighs> yes, you do. Do I, really? I have? Yes, you, yes, you have. Yes, you have. But I think I would know if it was you versus me. <sighs> no, I really don't think it would. Well, be. in any event. It doesn't matter anyway. It's over. You said to me, well, I want to go back to sweep. Okay. I'm going to try. And immediately I was out and I, I wasn't sure if I was going to be that way. And I wasn't. <laughs> you got up around seven. I look over and you're like, I never went back to sleep. I'm still awake. Yeah, I was just listening to music because I was like, well, I can't sleep. I, I'll listen to mine. Did you have any 
good music listening experiences while I was out? Uh, I did. I mean, I enjoyed everything that I had in there because that was my list. So you're only doing the likes list now. No, I mean, there's some stuff I listen to on occasion, but I, you know, if I can't decide, I mean, there's, there's a new innumerable amount of music. We, we have an abundance of music in the world and, um, there's so many things that I could listen to, but sometimes I can't decide. And I just, I'm like, well, I just listen to what I'm familiar with. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. KCRW mm-hmm. has a couple email newsletters that you can sign up for. And one is based around new music. So they'll send you a list of the top five best songs that are out that week. Mm. I haven't signed up for it, but I really am thinking about doing that. Maybe you should. Just because it gives me a pulse on what's going on out there. Yeah, maybe you should. Yes. Mm. And I was listening to some music while you were in the shower. Uh It was great. I was also listening to music. What were you hearing? Just just my stuff. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. Are you ever afraid that you're going to become one of those ladies who's like just super into her own world and never expands outside of it? Of course not. Okay. No. Just because I don't do it the way you do, you know. We have our own ways of doing stuff. That's true, babes. Yours isn't always a correct way. But you didn't even know about the likes playlist. I did not know about that. I I, I thought, I've I've heard people... um, who have dot say um, add it to my library, but I wasn't even sure how that worked. If uh, it goes to a library or whatever it is, but then you told me about the likes list, so I was like, okay, I'll use it. And now I just love it. That's great, babes. Yes, I do. JLo. Yes. We watched a couple of episodes of Deep Space Nine last night mm-hmm. or yesterday afternoon. Yes. Do you want to get into it, or would you like me to do it? I think you should take the lead on this one. Okay, and since this is part of the finale, which is like 10 episodes, I'm just going to get treated like it's one big episode, mm-hmm. right? Basically what happens, we start off, the Breen, along with Wayun, have captured Worf and Ezri, mm-hmm. and... They take them to get information out of them, right? So that that's that plot line that's going on. Your girl, Kywin. She's not my girl. I don't like her. You are a big fan. No, I'm not. She's a villain. I don't like her. Didn't she used to come over to your place for Thanksgiving to talk to you about the prophets? No. No, she didn't. I didn't give her any mashed potatoes or turkey. Good. I spent Thanksgiving elsewhere. We are going to have to watch One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest one day because she's... It's weird. She's played two iconic villains, but anyways. And 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 Nurse Ratchet. It sounds like she is a um a very dysfunctional nurse, right? You'd have to watch the movie. I don't think Nurse Ratchet sees herself as a villain, and I think that Kai Wynn thinks that she's a good person too. No, she doesn't see herself as a villain, but she does it so well. I will say that. She does I wonder it. what that lady's like in real life. If she's like super mean, or she must be. Nice. She must be really nice. I don't know. Well, you know, we've have. You, you've seen shows, and it doesn't matter what show, where you see a, a really iconic villain like Kai Wynn, and you just you just don't like the character. You just really don't like the character. You have like a love-hate relationship. But then I, I hear that a lot of times the actors who play them are really good at playing mean characters, but they're really nice in real life. That's what I hear. I wonder how much of that is this publicity, because, you know, in Hollywood... 
people can play a mean character, but you have to have likable actors for well, the I, public to. I'll give you an it. example, okay? Go ahead. Alison Arngren. I don't know who that is. She, well, I was going to explain it to Go you. Go ahead. Until you interrupted oh, me like you do all the time. I but. never do that. Go ahead. Yes, you do. Alison Arngren played um, Nellie Olson on Little House on the Prairie. And Nellie Olson has been known to be um, Laura, uh, Laura Ingalls' uh, nemesis. And she's just, you know, she kind of uses people and she's very manipulative. Um, and the reason why she was so good at doing that is because it was it was therapy for her because she was going through sexual abuse as a child and she she noticed that when she got older and she would run into people they would be really afraid to talk to her because they thought she was really mean and she's like no no I'm really not mean I just play a mean girl on on TV I just played a mean person and she she was on an interview and she's like no I'm really nice <laughs> I'm really a nice person <laughs> Well, see, I wonder that about Aaron Earhart. I could see that. I, I, I just wonder, because I know that um, in the company of men, and I know I'm going back to this, in the company of men wasn't much of a, uh, it wasn't really a well-known movie, but I would imagine if, if women actually, you know, if a lot of women saw it and they noticed him as as Chad, I wonder if they go up to him and I'm like, you know what, you're a horrible person. What's got to <laughs> be creepy is people who watch that movie. Mm-hmm. Go up to him and say, I always wanted to date somebody like Chad. <laughs> I think we'd make a great couple. I hate deaf people, too. That would be creepy if that really happened. I don't think it does. That would be very, very weird. Though. Yes. In your own world, it would be funny. But That's right. You got a very strange sense of humor. You know that? I got it from you. No, you had your own sense of humor before I even came into the picture. Okay, but you really amplified it. Really? Yes. Why? Because, you know, you say crazy stuff all the time when we're not doing No, this. I don't. Yeah, you do. No, you do. Okay. What else? You do. Do you want me to recap DS9? Or yes, gonna... yes, yes, yes. Go ahead, go ahead. Okay. Go on. Kaiwen is still on the station hanging out with Anjo, who we know is actually Galdicott. Oh, yeah. They're chilling out one night after some probably lovemaking. It's very strange to right. me, actually, honestly. Eating some treats. And she has a vision from the Paw Wraith. Basically saying, hey, you know, you got to help us out, bro, lady. Lady. And all this stuff. Yeah. She gets one of the orbs from the station. Yeah. And does not see the prophets. Doesn't see them at all. We find out that Kaiwen has never been visited by them. She's yep. never had a vision. Yep. It's late at night. Major Kira is called down to Kaiwen's quarters where it's explained that I want to change my path. Oh, she's a colonel, by the way. I keep forgetting that. You know why? Uh, because it, we, I knew her as Major Kira, but you're right. She's gone up. And she's right. a colonel now. I Just let you know. Okay. And Kerna Kira is getting this lecture. Yep. From Kaiwen that she needs to change her life. That Kaiwen wants to change her own life. Uh And Colonel Kira is like, you know, it's not too late. I'm so proud of you. This is really great news. And I think once you step down as Kai, you're going to be able to really focus on spiritual growth. Which I totally agreed with her, actually. Oh, of course. I did. I mean, I think she should have stepped down as Kai for a long time. Yeah, well, I mean, Colonel Kira is very bright. And, you know, 
She well, has she, her own issues, but she means well. She she definitely, I, I would agree with her. I agree with a lot of things with her, I guess. But she's one of my favorite characters, and why do you think that is? Because she's so in-depth. Yeah. But yeah, but anyway, yeah, she so she told so she tells her to step down. She hasn't taken me shit. All right, go All on. All right, go on, you. Kai Wynn is like, uh, well, maybe we don't have to go that far. <laughs> Basically, rushes Kira out of the room, goes back to being with her man, and eventually leaves toward Bajor. You know what I think I'm going to do, babes? What? Since there's a few different storylines, let me focus on this one first. Okay. Instead of separating, and then I'll go back and, and try to cover the other ones. All right. Even though it's a little bit out of order. But That's okay. Follow me. That's okay. She's now in her office on Bajor. Anjo is there, and so is her assist- assistant, whose name I can't remember. I don't remember the name either. Anjo basically tells her that... I have something to tell you. I've been sent by the Pa Wraith, and you, Adami, are meant to release them. We find out that there's a spiritual book that only the Kais have access to, uh-huh. and it's considered to be dark magic. Uh-huh. It's hidden. It's, it's, I mean, from the general public. Yeah. If you know where to look, you can find it. But only the Kai can access it. So she sends her assistant to get a copy of the book. Mm-hmm. He comes back with it and says, you know, no one has read this in over 700 years. Mm-hmm. It's very dangerous. I just want to make sure you're doing the right thing. Uh-huh. Adami dismisses him. Yeah. Opens the book and there's nothing on it. Nothing in it. Yep. She can't nothing figure this nothing. out. So she gets other books on black magic and is really, really studying to see how can she make this a readable book. Uh-huh. Well, her assistant grabbed a little bit of DNA from Anjo. Uh-huh. Eventually, skipping over a few things, but okay. you're getting the gist. Uh-huh. He comes back and explains, this isn't Anjo. This is your enemy, Goldicott. We we have the test to prove it. Uh-huh. And Kaiwen grabs this knife. Yep. Goldicott is explaining... You know that we're meant to be together. We're meant to have this journey. You're supposed to release the Paw Wraith. Yeah. She eventually sides with Galdicott and stabs her servant to death. Yep. Takes over the knife next to the book. And I believe because it's now been an instrument of death Mm -hmm. and the book is of dark magic, that is what causes the writing to appear on the page. Wow. After Mm -hmm. he, after she kills him. After she kills her assistant. Wow. Yes. That's kind of where we wrap up with Kaiwen. Yeah. And you're back to the box. Yes. Very good. Yes. What what do you, uh... Oh, it's, it's, uh, oil. Oh, I need to get some more of that. Okay. Yes, yes. Yes. In any event, babes. Now, moving on from there... Let's go to Esri and Worf. Yes, let's let's do that. Because this kind of coincides with Wayun. It's still com- it's a little bit complicated. With Damar, yeah. I have to be, say two storylines at once, yes. kind of. Yeah. Okay. Esri is hanging out in the brig with Worf. They're trying to get free. And they've each been interrogated by the brain, who basically uses this thing to scan their brain. Mm-hmm. This is this is complicated. So let me actually go to the brain and then go back to Israel and Orf. Right. 
we know that they are now collaborating with the Dominion. Uh-huh. And the brain organize a strike on Earth, yep. which is the homeworld for the Federation. Yep. Which, spoiler, I've always found that part of Star Trek in general to be a little bit unrealistic. Uh, like, why would, out of all the planets, why would Earth be the home planet? Yeah. But. That is very weird. Yeah. In any event, I'm a human, so I'm not going to complain too much. <laughs> no, well, they were humans that made the movie, so. That's true. Anyways, Earth was attacked, a bunch of Breen ships were destroyed, but they really scared the daylights out of the Federation during yes, this. Yes, they certainly did. Now, Damar sees Wayun interacting with the Breen and is thrown back by this because it seems like Wayun is more interested in aiding the brain than he is in helping Cardassia. For right. example, two things I will point to is at one point, Damar tells is tells Wayun mm-hmm. that he doesn't want to sign this peace treaty with the brain because not everything is in writing about all the concessions that Cardassia will have to make. Wayun explains, listen, this is what the founders want. You're doing it. The, the end of discussion. We'll fill in the details later. But this is for the good of our cause. Right? Mm-hmm. Damar also explains that um, these Cardassians are fighting a group of Klingon battleships. And we need reinforcements to win. Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot of good men out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and basically, <laughs> Wayun blows them off. Mm-hmm. Him off. Mm-hmm. We find out later that like something like five hundred thousand Cardassians were killed during this battle, uh-huh. which does not make Demar very happy. No, he eventually makes the decision that he will free mm-hmm. Esri and Worf uh-huh. and give them access to a Cardassian subtle mm-hmm. to leave and get back to DS Nine. Mm-hmm. He does so. Okay. We're not done with Damar yet, but let's go to kind of Cisco's storyline in this, right? Yes. Because of the attack on Earth, he gets Cassidy Yates removed from active duty. So she's she's a freighter captain, but she's not going to be delivering anything. Cassidy flips out on him and says, listen, I know I'm your wife, but you can't do this to me. This right. is my career. This is my job, yep. He eventually relents because this is part of the war at home, which Martok told him about earlier. Yep. But then he is forced to take the defiance out into battle. Yes. Because of all the things going on. Yep. And the ship is destroyed. They have to abandon ship. They do. Mm -hmm. Completely completely destroyed. (laughs) There's a great scene on the bridge of the Dominion battleship where Wei-Yun is talking with the founder and saying, I can destroy all these escape pods that they left on. Yeah. And it'll be really fun. She looks at him and she's like, no, we want them to go back defeated because it'll send the message of fear to everybody. Uh-huh. <laughs> Wayun is just like, oh, that's such a great idea, founder. <laughs> <laughs> what about that one comment where uh, Damar was talking to Wayun and he's like, well, if you don't do that, then... Uh... I'll say hello to Wayu Nine. Oh, that, that's great mind light. So this was earlier in the episode. Yeah. I forgot what it was, and I know I should know, considering how many <laughs> times really I've funny. watched this show. Yes. But Wayun messed something up, and he and the founder wants to talk to him. And he's like, oh, I hope she doesn't have anything too 
uh, horrific plan for me. To which <laughs> Damar responds with, Oh, I don't know, but if she does, I look forward to meeting Wei Yun because he's <laughs> Wei Yun eight, and Wei Yun's just like duplicate once they do. They, you kill them off, but they they multiply after you know they they come they materialize. I love that <laughs> line, <laughs> yes. and I thought you would like it too. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> but anyways, back back to the storyline. Right. They get back to the station. Cisco and the gang. Shortly after. Ezri returns with Worf, and they start speculating, why would Damar help you? Mm -hmm. Colonel Kira sees that there is a message that was sent over subspace radio signals. And it's basically Damar giving a speech to fellow Cardassians, saying, the Dominion have ruined our way of life, Mm -hmm. and they did it without even firing a single weapon on us. So now I'm calling on all Cardassians to fight back against the Dominion. Yeah. And he destroys some plant out in space that is responsible for manufacturing uh, Vortas, which is what Wayun is. So Wayun can't duplicate after this one. Right. Oh, wow. Cisco says, let's find a way to get in contact with with, um, Damar and see if we we can give him some help. And that's where the episode ends. Yep. I really like this. What do you think of this so far, where we're at in the finale? It is very, I mean, it's pretty intense. Complicated, intense, uh, a whole mixture of stuff. What did you think of Damar before watching these two episodes, mm. and how do you feel about him today? Well, I don't know. I mean, he actually made a good decision for once um, with uh, freeing Ezri and Worf, but I, I still don't know what to think about this guy. Kind of like how I feel, with, feel about uh, Garrick, except uh, I don't think Damar is charming. Does Damar have good reasons, or is this just an ego thing? I don't know. Because uh, th- this is where I go back and forth. Uh-huh. Part of it is his ego. Because yeah, he's yeah. no longer being treated like the genius yes. of the Alpha Quadrant. Right. He's just some guy who's there while the brain are doing yeah. uh, the stuff that used because to get him praised. he's no longer Dukat's partner. And he's no longer somebody who Wayun considers a good resource. Uh-huh. Right? But at the same time, the Dominion left 500,000 Cardassians to die. Mm-hmm. So what can we learn about this tomorrow? Or do we need more time with him? I personally think I need more time with him because I really cannot pinpoint if I, you know, I don't know if I like him or not. Mm. I don't know if he's friend or foe. Nice. Kind of like how uh, Snape was in Harry Potter, except uh, that was a different storyline and it turns out Snape was much different. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I really don't. How do you feel about Cisco wanting to help Damar? I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know. I just it just seems very complicated to me. And I think you, because you are a Star Trek uh, quote unquote expert, I really don't do not have any comment. Okay. I I don't. Are you excited to keep watching? I am. I am. It's getting pretty intense. Yes. It's so weird to say this. I believe I might have told you this in the past, but in case I haven't, 
I love Deep Space Nine. Yeah. I think the ending of the show is good. Yeah. But if we're going to be completely honest, my favorite Star Trek finale is still All Good Things from the Next Generation. Right. However, I I think you'll like it. There are a few things here and there that I wish that they wouldn't have done. In the last episode? Yes. Okay. Or in the last few. Okay. But overall, I think it's really good. There's one thing that was just like so predictable. Oh. Ah, but it's coming up. I don't want to say too much. All right. Yes, yes, yes. All right. Yes, yes. Okay. Now, we also discovered in this episode that Esri has the hots for Dr. Bashir. We kind of knew it already, but it, yeah. it comes more out into the open now. Yeah. How do you feel about that? I think it's interesting because... Like, uh, you know, earlier in the episode, Worf was having a talk with Esri and trying to figure things out because there's a part of Esri that is Jadzia's memories. And so he sees some Jadzia in her, and that's why, I think that's why they had some kind of a physical thing going on for a little bit. Um, Basically, they had sex. That's what I said. You said it in a different way. Keep going, babes. I know, but that's what I meant. Okay. Um, anyway, as I was saying, um, and so they were, you know, Ezri's trying to figure this out, um, and Worf's trying to figure it out, uh, and I think it, uh, did Dax have a, did, did Jadzia have a, a little bit of a thing for Julian, too, at one time? Uh, it was a little bit of a thing, because if you remember, in an earlier episode, Ezri's talking with Julian, and she basically says, if I didn't go for Worf, I would have gone for you. Okay. Meaning Jadzia, Dax. Right, right. Uh-huh. right. Yeah. I think it's interesting. Um, I'm interested to find out what happens with um, Ezri and Julian. But uh, I don't know if Julian was going to go for Ezri. We'll have to keep watching, babes. I honestly think that um, Jadzia's character, um, because Ezri didn't have a lot of training uh, at all. No, she didn't have training at all. To become a symbiote host. To become a a symbiote host. um, Their personalities are just so, so different. And I don't know that Julian would go for Ezri. I really don't. Mm. But Ezri would definitely go for Julian, I think. I believe. This might be interesting. What? I can only ask questions because I know the answer. Yeah. But since you don't know how the show ends, maybe let's try to make some predictions. Okay. So you've made that one about Esri and Julian. Mm -hmm. Where do you see Kira and Odo at the end of DS9 as it stands right now? Um, as far as I know, they're still doing good, but you know, they're, you know, a human, a a human, um, uh, uh, a Bajoran and a shapeshifter. I don't know if, uh, Marriages between Bajoran and or relationships between Bajoran and uh, shapeshifters last. So you're up in the air about that one. Yeah, I don't know. What about Cassidy Yates and Ben Sisko? I would like to think that they still remain together, but as the prophets had warned them, and it's really sad because I do think they make a really good couple. It's possible that that they're going to have a lot of problems, but who knows? It might make them stronger. Galdacott and Adami, otherwise known as Kaiwen. Oh, no. I don't think they last. Mm. Well, here's what I want to ask you because I didn't quite understand it. Tell me. Did Was Adami attracted to Anjo slash Ducat 
because of the power that she thought that he had? That's my theory. Okay, because I was wondering why they got together. Because Kaiwen is really just out for herself. Yes, she is. You know. Yes, she is. And you would think that somebody who conspired against her people... I'm trying to think of a good equivalent. Hitler would be too strong. Yeah. But he would be like uh, one of the higher-ups in Hitler's army, right? Okay. You would think that somebody who did that much evil Mm -hmm. would be somebody who she would reject immediately. But Uh because he can give her access to what she wants, power, she's into him. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, that's interesting. I don't think they last very long. Hmm. Well, and, you know, she if she's out for herself, and if Angela is really her enemy, then, yeah, that there would be reason for them to not be together. Maybe they end up opening a coffee shop called the Paw Wraith. <laughs> a coffee shop? Yeah, after things... Called the Paw Wraith? Yeah, why not? Maybe that's what the Paw Wraith really wants them to do, is serve coffee and host poetry readings. It's a little bit weird. Okay. What do you think happens with Quark and Rom? Um, Quark and Rom? Maybe they. Maybe uh, Quark decides to sell his business. What do you think happens with Rom? Uh, I think maybe um, Rom and Quark decide to uh, to have their own business together. So you think that Quark would make Rom an equal partner in a future business endeavor? Possibly, or maybe Rom uh, ha- makes his own business. Mm. Maybe Rom uh, Rom decides to um, that he wants to start his own business, and Quark is uh, still working in the um, in his bar, or he sells it and um, does something else. Is the station still around by the end of the last episode? Possibly, or maybe not. Maybe they have to go to Gorillas 3. Oh. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> what happens with O'Brien? O'Brien. Uh, that's a good question. I I would imagine he just goes back he just goes back to um uh, he just goes back to family life. What about this incarnation of Wayun? <laughs> I think maybe somebody kills him and he no longer is able to duplicate. I don't know. Nice. I don't like. I don't like Wayne. I think he's very sniveling. He's like a, a slimy politician. Oh yes, I would agree. Oh yeah. Yes, yes. And uh, and uh, Demar is like uh, maybe a step higher, or I'm not sure actually. Oh. Uh, I don't know. Yes. Uh yeah. Maybe maybe somebody kills him and he can't. Um, <laughs> he can't duplicate. That's a possibility, babes. Yes. So I feel that uh, we've covered some good grounds. Uh-huh. Unless there's anything else you want to say about these episodes or characters at the moment. No. I'm in- Well, I guess one thing. Tell I'm me. interested to find out what happens with Jake and Nog. Uh, all the, uh, the, the people that are more in the background. I'll tell you this. They start a farm together in Iowa. <laughs> Really? Start selling goat's milk. Goat's milk? Yep. No, I don't believe that. Okay. I may have made that up. Yeah, I think you did. Let's keep watching. I thought maybe Quark, maybe Quark and Rom did that. Uh-oh. 
We started an organic farm and right. decided to raise goats and uh, milk them. We're being very authentic. <laughs> or they decided to make a organic uh, Ferengi soap. Yes. Or the worms that they eat. Ew. What do they call those ones? I forgot. Grubs? But. Grubs. The grub worms. Ugh. Yes. Yeah, they, they do. Like, they have like a uh, a grub harvest. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, a farming. Uh, a, a grub farm. Yeah. yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Or they, or they decide to make uh, desserts called uh, lemon Ferengis. Anything's possible. Please. I don't know. I'm just yes. kidding. I, I... Okay. Moving on from Deep Space Nine. Oh, uh, wait. If you want to. Yes. Okay. Last night, mm-hmm. I was confused. I didn't know what to show you going back and forth. Yes. Before we watched your movie, My Father the Hero, mm-hmm. I said... We're absolutely watching Swingers tonight. Mm-hmm. And after it, I'm like, maybe we should watch Bugsy instead. Uh-huh. We're going to watch Bugsy tonight. Probably. Okay. Well, but, you, don't have to, you don't have to be married to that. You can, you can choose another movie if, that's, if you still don't know what to do. Okay. Last uh-huh. night, mm-hmm. we watched My Father the Hero followed by Swingers. Babe, maybe you should take the lead on describing the first movie. I will because I saw it so many times thanks to... Uh, Said relative. Your sister. My sister. Older or younger? She's my twin, bug. I was going to guess She's a minute her. older. Okay. I was going to guess your older sister. The one who's a minute older. All right. Let's... You know why I thought it was your older sister, babes? She's not that much older. No, but you know why? Why? Because this film has a little bit of language in it. And not that, I, I mean, I'm sure your younger sister curses, but because... Oh, no, she... she's, she's the worst. Oh, good. But, <sighs> hold on. Because she was younger at the time. My assumption would be that your older sister would be the one who would be allowed to watch movies with cursing in it, since your family was so strict. We watched a lot of movies with cursing in it, but the the only thing is that we watched it with our parents. Mm. This one doesn't have a lot of it. It had some of it, though. It had some, but it is it is PG. It's not like, you know, we did watch it with our parents, but we watched it, you know, by this time we were like, you know, 15 and 13-ish, you know. We were we were old enough to watch stuff like that. I mean, it wasn't like it was a a hard R. It's not Clerks. No. But you have not seen. No. Okay, can I, can I okay. uh, go on, Babe, please? don't don't distract me anymore. Come on. You were the one. You were the one. Babe, you were the, come on. Don't, no, you, enough distractions. You were the. Let's get to it, okay? Oh, okay. What else? Okay. Let me, first of all, let me adjust myself. Oh, yeah, well. Thank goodness. I love all the blankets on this bed. Keep going, babes. So, this uh, starts off in uh, New York. Uh, Gerard Depardieu uh, plays uh, a man named Andre. He is taking a taxi to see his daughter, uh, Nicole slash uh, Nikki, who's played by Catherine, a young Catherine Heigl. Um, the, he gets to the house. He um, sees uh, his ex-wife, who's played by uh, Lauren Hutton, who is a model slash actress. Also in the movie Once Bitten with yeah. Jim Gary. Right. Which I've never seen that I don't remember. Um, so she says, "Look, look, Andre. Uh, there's something you should know about Nikki. Uh, it's been a it's been a while since you saw her, and she's very different. And you see these this girl. She's about she's 14 years old. Seems very much uh, spoiled and entitled. 
the the mom um uh the the father is let's start with andre first andre is excited to see her he he starts to speak french to her he she's like i don't speak french anymore he she also um starts calling him by his first name andre which i think is really weird and I would imagine that you you think that way too. I do, and that's one of the reasons I came to the conclusion that it was your older sister who showed you this movie. Uh, okay. I don't think that's um that's a good enough reason. But anyway, I said that um, was one of the reasons. One of the reasons. I don't know if that's a that's a, a good enough reason. But anyway, um, so so anyway, so uh, you know, he's trying to get used to this. Her mom is trying to give her this jacket and they get into a little argument in the, you know, the, um, you know, she starts to sass her mom and the mom's like, oh, you see what I have to live with. You see how she talks to me. And so they, and so she runs outside with her father the dog follows them. And then all of a sudden her mother comes out and says, Oh, you didn't get to, you didn't, you didn't kiss me goodbye. And she's like, Oh, mommy, I'm so sorry. And she, he's like, wow, she calls her mommy. <laughs> this is very interesting. And you know, her, her, her attitude just completely changes. And, uh, Andrea ends up taking the jacket. They go to the airport where they, I guess it's implied that the dog follows them, right? The dog jumped into the cab. Mm-hmm. They had to stop it about a half a block away. So the mom could come over and, and get the dog, the little creature, the little dog. Yeah. A hellion. Not a hellion, it's a dog. All right, what else? Keep going. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. All right, okay. you just tapped me on the head. I did. Keep going, babes. Okay, um, so they get on a plane. Um, she gets mad at him, and I can't remember why. I think maybe she was thinking that um, his girlfriend was going to, to come with them. Um, but I think it was something over a drink, right? I don't... Oh, no, 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 because she, he asked her if he want, if she wanted a Shirley Temple or she, he was trying to order it for her. He brought her over a Shirley Temple and she's like, no, no, let me get you a Coke instead. But, um, but she got upset with him. I can't remember what happened. And then she told him, I'm not going with you on this vacation. He's like, no, I've been planning this trip for a year. You're going to, you're going to, this is going to be the best vacation ever. And you're going to. And you're going to have a good time whether you like it or not. So they go to this Caribbean. I think it's a resort, right? Yes. A really nice Caribbean resort. There's a whole bunch of characters they meet. There's uh, Diana Blaine who <laughs> is like uh, man crazy. And she tries to hit on Andre. And she's she's actually a, a quite a funny character, I think. And I think she actually works at the resort as well. I thought she was just vacationing as well. No, because remember, uh, okay, I'll get to that later. Um, Nikki meets Diana. Diana introduces, um, uh, she introduces Diana to her, to her father, Andre. And she's also trying to, uh, see if there's any young people because most of the people that are there are older. Um, well, you remember that part when she says, um, it's after six, I'm off duty. I thought she was joking when she said that. Maybe. I don't know. She might have been vacationing. I don't know. Okay. Anyway, that, that's besides the point. So she tries to get on Andre. And then there's, um, who's that one guy that played, played, um, the, uh, uh Ned Ryerson's, uh, nemesis. No, the guy who pray, played Ned Ryerson. 
Yeah. Stephen Tobolowski is in this movie. No, but he was the one that was, he was the one that went after, um, uh, who is the guy that was in Groundhog Day? The Bill one that Murray. Played, Bill Murray. He went after Bill Murray. He was like, Ned? Ned? No, 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 no. You're getting this wrong, babes. What? God, this shows how much I've watched. Bill Murray movies. was Ned, bubs. No, he wasn't. He was Phil Connors. Oh, okay. Remember? And he, and he comes up to him. He's like, Phil, I thought I remember you. It's me, Ned, Ned the head. Uh, Ned Ryerson, come on, buddy. I dated your sister until you told me not to. And he's like, Ned? And he's like, ding. And Bill Moore's like, ding. <laughs> oh, all right, all right. Well, well. I sell insurance now. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And then there was that great time where <laughs> one of the days where <laughs> Bill Murray's walking by and Ned comes up and he's like, Phil? And Bill Murray turns up to him and he's like, Ned? And he punches him out and keeps walking. It happens again. That was a funny movie. Yes. I enjoyed that. Anyway. Stephen Tobolowski played Ned Ryerson in Groundhog's Day. And he is also in this movie as one of the tourists. Yeah, he, he's kind of weird. Um, he's with his, uh, he plays a guy named Mike and his, his uh, wife, uh, Stella. And, uh, so, you know, they're, they're, they become, uh, friends with Andre and, uh, I don't want to get too far into it cause I want people to watch it, but, uh, Nikki, um, uh, meets this young guy named Ben. He's about 17 years old. She completely lies about her age. Um, the only people who really know her age is, uh, Andre and Diana. She tells him first that she's 18 cause she walks to the beach. And, um, he's like, well, well, you have to be careful because a uh, high tide is coming and you, you know, it's going to, it's going to come after six. And if it does, you're going to get, you're going to be uh, stuck in here. And, um, <clears throat> and then, um, I'm trying to think, uh, she, she, uh, goes back to their, their place where they're staying at their villa and he she's she's trying to figure out ways to to impress this guy and that's when she starts to lie about Andre and saying that Andre saved her from a life of crime and uh you know she ran away she was doing dope and all those other things and she she got a lot of her stuff from a talk show and said that you know my my father was in prison for armed robbery and my mom was a prostitute and she ran off with her pimp <laughs> really elaborate stuff stuff that you know 14 year olds should not be saying about their parents <laughs> so um so ben that that young guy that she is um has been talking to has been telling other people like, Oh, he takes advantage of her and all these other things. And he's also, um, you know, telling, uh, telling, uh, them all these things about Andre and, and Andre's wondering why they won't talk to him. And, uh, <laughs> I want you to chime in. Cause there's so many things that I want to get into, but there is but a scene where a talent show is going on. Yep. And she runs off during this time. Who does? Nikki. Yes. But more importantly than that, it comes out that Gerard Depardieu knows how to play the piano. Yes. He's asked to come up on stage. 
play some French song about a guy who's in the little girls. Thank heaven for little girls, but it's not about a it's not about a guy. And so they're he's wondering why is everybody leaving, and they're just like, oh, that's it, you know, and they just are disgusted. And so they get out of there, and then before he knows it, everybody's left, and he's like, what did I do? That was kind of funny, actually. So, uh, there's a lot of things that happen. People are avoiding him. Uh, Nikki finally says, Hey, hey, daddy, can I tell you something? But you have to promise not to get mad. He's like, Why? He's like, Well, you know, um, it's like, Well, I don't understand. Like, why are the people not talking to me? It's like, Well, um, you know, I, I, I told Ben something and, he said, what did you tell him? He's like, I, I, I told him you were my lover. <laughs> and, it was- and then she's like, and I think for the sake of authenticity, we should make this official. She takes off her top and. Hey, 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 hey. All right. I may have made that up. Hey, babes. <laughs> Back to the description of the movie. Come on. <laughs> I got to do this. Okay. Get in that armpit then. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. That's enough. I didn't even get to get... like, oh, Andre, I've been looking... All right, right, all right. Back to the story, babes. It's a PG movie, bubs. That's why I was surprised. It's not X-rated. Go on, babes. Keep talking about the movie. (laughs) Tell me about this film. (laughs) Ow! Sorry, babes. You right? right. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, And so, uh, he's like, what what, what were you thinking? I think I'm a, a child molester. It's like... How many people did you tell? He's like, um, I told a few people. He's like, how many? All of them. He's like, all of them? Are you crazy? I think I'm a child molester. He's like, you're yelling again. <laughs> you have to tell them the truth. And so, um, you know, there are, there are, uh, there were scenes where, um, Andre's character almost died because, uh, one scene is when, um, he's water skiing and Ben's driving the boat and he thinks this is guy is an idiot and thinks he should be, um, he should be killed. And he almost kills him because he's on the back of the boat and he's driving too fast and they keep going over rocks. I would imagine it would, he would probably get, um, get hurt and he's yelling in French, you know? <laughs> um, and, um, so anyway, um, it's terrible and it all, it all comes to a head. Because uh, Nikki runs out and she's holding onto this boat, right? Yes. She's holding onto the boat and the ocean is really, really... She, she's in the boat at first. She's in the boat, yeah. But because of the ocean, she's thrown off of it, grabs onto the side. And both Ben and one of his friends, along with Gerard Depardieu, go out to save her. Right. And and so she gets in the boat, but then Andre's missing. And he's like, well, I, I, we... You know, where is he? And he's, he's like, he's gone to jump in to save you. And he's like, where is he? And he's in the water. And, um, and it comes out cause she's really, really frantic and she's like, daddy, daddy, he's drowning. Hurry. And so Ben figures out that, that, that Andre, in fact, is her real father. And so she's very upset when she gets that note and saying, it's obvious that you love Andre and, you know, this isn't going to work. So they decide to write a letter. It's pretty corny. They go to his house and Andre breaks the window because she tells him, well, this is where his room is. <clears throat> and then they, and then she ends up, uh, um, he, she ends up 
putting the letter somewhere we can find it. He he gets the letter. Um, Andre tells her to repeat whatever it is. And it's very corny. Uh, yes, it was so bad that we're watching the scene, and it was you who called the movie out for being corny, not well. Me. That the, which well, it usually goes the other way. Well, around. what he said, what what they were saying was corny. Yes. There were some parts of it were, that were corny. I can say that. Okay, but I. I thought the corniness at the I thought the corniness was funny. It was so corny it was funny. But anyway. Um and so uh so she admits to Ben that she loves him and Ben's like, Well maybe I'll see you at the dance. She's like, Okay. And she's she talks to her dad Andre and she's like, Where'd you get that stuff? Your eyes, your hands, you make my mouth you make my heart sore. It's so lame. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Because that's how that's how love letters are. Anyway, they go to the dance. And it's like the biggest. I think it's the biggest event of their stay. And she's like, "Oh, he's not coming. He's not coming." And she's like, "Oh, give him time. He'll come." And uh, explain what happens when he gets there. He comes in. They go out to the beach and they dance while there's a backdrop of water behind them. I think they kiss too. Yes. And as if if I remember correctly, I heard that this were her, with this movie in this movie, this was like her, her first official kiss. And then she came out later and said the guy was a horrible kisser. Right? She didn't. No, I'm making that part up. Mm. Keep going, babe. Um, and so um, so she tells her he she tells her father he's like you're right, daddy. This is the best vacation I ever had. And so um, fast forward to the end, he's leaving. A message for his girlfriend Isabel, who is played by Natasha Richardson, but you don't see her. I don't know if you see her or not. In the last scene, you do, and they may have shown her earlier on because it's one of the subplots of the movie. Is he keeps calling her, yep, and getting these messages on this answering machine. But he calls the, she picks up, and he says, "I really want to marry you, and I want to have a kid, and it's got to be a girl." And I, 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 I make sure it's a girl. And that's and the last laughing. scene. That, that was like a very corny scene too. It was, but I, I, I it didn't bother me. At the, it didn't bother me at all. Oh. I, I, I knew that there was some corniness to the movie, but I, it didn't bother nice. me. And it's a chick flick. Yes. You know, it's it's some some chick flicks are very corny, so. It doesn't surprise me. I enjoy I, I enjoyed this movie. I'd give it between a six and a half and a seven. Okay, that's, that's not too bad. I'm glad it wasn't a three. But let me tell you a few issues I have with it, if, if that's okay. Oh, okay. So, presumably, everybody at this resort is told at some point that Gerard Depardieu is a pervert. Right. And one of the things I'm curious about is the girl that he's friends with, her name is... Diana. Diana. Since he's hanging out with them, word must have gotten back to her about this. Uh-huh. Why didn't she correct anybody if she cares so much about him? And, and uh, not just him, but her own reputation. I don't know why. I mean, who knows why? I don't know why the the writer of this movie or whoever wrote it um, didn't want her to get. Maybe she didn't want to get involved, or maybe they didn't want her to get involved. I don't. I don't know. But it, it's a bad look for her if she's hanging out with a guy that everybody is saying is a pervert. Even from that aspect, you think that she would tell some people this is what's going on, right? Because she never. I don't believe she ever uh, wavered 
uh, her her feelings towards uh, uh, Nikki and Andre. No, because she knew the truth. <clears throat> she knew that Nikki was just saying this, but she doesn't bother to tell anybody else this. But this is just a movie. I mean, I don't know why the writers or writer did not did not um, uh, want to put that in there as to uh, you know that she should have uh, defended both of them, but. Uh, who knows? I, I really don't know. My other complaints mm-hmm. is that, um, I mean, she's good in the movie, but I, I, I think it's because Catherine Heigl is so unlikable in this movie. And you think as a parent, he's not even allowed to sleep in a bed that's next to her because of the way the room is designed. He has to sleep on this couch yeah. that's in another part of the suite that they have. I didn't know there was a bed next to hers. Yeah, there's like these two twin beds. Yeah. She doesn't even want him sleeping in the one that's next to her bed. Yeah. So she makes him sleep on the couch. Yeah. She puts him through all this stuff. There's no point to where he really sits her down and says, enough is enough. I got to discipline you. Well, it's bit. possible that he does, but they just don't put it in there. Maybe maybe it's just left for interpretation because, because um, he tries to do that. He tries to do that towards, um, you know, when they're leaving because, you know, she she was really sassy to her mother and she's like, oh, don't talk to your mother that way. And she's like, you see how she talks to me? You know, it's it's uh, um, and it sounds like the mom was probably at the end of her rope because she was trying to be a disciplinarian for the last five years, I would imagine. And um and Gerard Depardieu wasn't there, and maybe that was her way of lashing out because, and and not to, not to say that that's an excuse, but maybe that was her way of lashing out because he wasn't there and he does she doesn't know how to uh, interact with this man. But but he should have been more tough on her. I, I do I do agree with you on that one. Okay, that's fair. I do. That's fair. But for some reason, they didn't put it in there. I thought it was very corny that he would call up his girlfriend at the end and say, we have to have a kid together. No, she, he said he wanted to. It's not that he had, he had to, they had to. He said he wants. And especially too, you have to consider that Catherine Heigl, at one point they're having dinner. She says, you're going to go off and have other kids and completely forget about me. Yeah. So now he wants to do the thing that Catherine Heigl is afraid of him doing. Right. I, what? No, finish your thought, and I can go back to my question. That is kind of weird. Um, but, yeah, I know. But Do I you know. think that it is a way, a passive-aggressive form of revenge against his daughter? Like, now that she's been so cruel to me during the last week or so, I'm going to have a kid and completely forget about her. No. I don't think that's what it is. Mm. Maybe he's thinking that after this vacation, things are going to be much better. And maybe when they have a child and when they get married and have a child, when, when him and Isabel get married and have a child, maybe he'll have another, a chance to, um, to be a better parent to both the kids because the other child, whoever, um, whatever they have, a boy or a girl will, um, will be, uh, with him more and, and uh, maybe that will make Nikki grow up a little bit because she has a younger sibling. That's I don't you'll know. see once every five years. I don't know. 
Let's go into some analysis. Or do we want to talk about the Cisco and Ebert thing first? No, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's their opinion. I don't think, I know Cisco and Ebert didn't like it, but that's okay. It's their opinion and it doesn't bother me. We watched their review of it after. Yeah. Um, viewing this picture. Well, it was later, it was after the second film. We were getting ready for bed. And I said, I believe there's a YouTube clip of them talking about this movie. Uh-huh. But we don't have to go there. No, we don't. What does this film tell us about the breakup of families? It's so common. It really is. It's really sad. Um, it, It's very sad because a lot of these couples are so, their hearts are so hardened and um and that's that causes a lot of divorces and some people get divorced over the stupidest things and we don't know why these this couple got divorced um and it's it's sad because the child is put in the middle of this it's very sad what do you think happened to nikki emotionally as a result of their parents breaking up her parents. I, th- I think she was very emotionally affected because her father wasn't around for five years, apparently. Her mother is trying to do the best she can to keep Nikki disciplined and feels like she probably isn't doing a very good job. And <clears throat> Nikki has, um, has started lying because she wants attention. You know, obviously she's screaming for attention. And she thinks that if she lies to Ben, that she's going to get that attention. It's, re- it's really a, a vicious cycle. Would you agree? I would concur yes. with that. Yes. It's a vicious cycle. Yes. A lot of girls go through that. I know that you faced that a lot and you were constantly no. lying. And- no, I didn't. Oh. <laughs> okay, stop. Stop tickling me. That's not cool, babes. <sighs> I had to do that, love. You, oh my you tickled me for Sorry, babes. Mm-hmm. Well, good. <laughs> good. Alana. Yes. What do you think happens between Nikki and Ben? It's hard to say because we don't know where Ben lives. We only know that Ben wanted to help her get out of Andre's life, her father's life. And they were going to remember what they, when he said, well, we can take our boat out. You know, we can take, I can take my mom and dad's boat mm-hmm. and I can help you. Um, cause he knew how to drive it. Um, but it's possible they just share this one summer romance and then they go off and do their thing. And who knows if Nikki really, if Nikki really tells him the whole truth because she, she lied about her age. You know, she lied about her age and she lied about the, the relationship with that she had with her father. So who knows if they, if they still stay together. I'm not sure that they do, but. Because it's a 14-year-old kissing a 17-year-old in a romantic way. Yes. Yes. And it, it, it might just be a summer romance and that's it. And then they just go their separate ways afterwards. She goes back to New York and, and something. I don't know where he is, but he goes back to doing what he's doing. I believe at some point in the film, Andre is having dinner with Diane and she says that uh, Nikki wants to kiss Ben. Nikki wants, when Nikki wants that first kiss. Right. Do you really believe that or do you think that Nikki has been sexually active at this point? 
I not on this trip, but before going on this vacation. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, it's a PG movie, so it's like it's it's. I think it's up up for interpretation. I think it's a little bit unrealistic that a fourteen year old would be having their first kiss. Well, some people have their first kisses later. You know, not, not everybody has them before they're thirteen. Those are extremely sheltered people, I think. Because, well, maybe that's because I had my first kiss way before the age of fourteen. Yes, yeah, you see, that's that's because that happened to you way before you were thirteen. And so uh, I think for you to say that people that own Habit have their first kisses before 13 is uh, sheltered, I think, is a little too much. It just strikes me as weird. It's not weird. Okay. It's not that weird. It's, come on. Ugh. Let's be real for a second. Oh, come on. Okay, babes. Okay. Where is Nikki today? <sighs> um, <laughs> I'm not. That is a good question. I do not know. Maybe she is getting therapy. <laughs> maybe she, maybe she has, um, she uh, has her own talk show and she talks to young girls that have a hard time um, telling the truth. Or maybe she counsels, maybe she counsels teenagers that have gone through um, have gone through their parents' divorce. Have they ever made a sequel to this film? No. No. Thank goodness. I don't think they need a sequel to it. I want to know from you. Did you first encounter this movie on home video or was it yes. a situ- Okay. Yes, I did. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yes. Is there anything else you want to talk about in relation to this picture? Uh, no, I think that's it. Okay. But I, I gave it a higher score. I gave it... Um, I gave it a seven and a half or I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I, I gave it, I, I gave it a higher score just because I liked it. it. It's not quite an eight because I think an eight is, um, I think this movie does have some corniness and everything, but I would give it a, a strong seven. Mm. Yeah. Moving on. Yeah. In October of 1996. Hmm. I remember where I was. Well, where were you? I was in high school. Okay. Yeah. Very good. We're happy for you. All right, that's good. I go to the movie theaters. I'd heard something about a movie called Swingers, but I hadn't really seen it. Mm-hmm. The previews, I mean. So I didn't really know what it was about. <clears throat> Buy a ticket, go in. It's a packed theater. Portland had a really good independent film scene back in the day. Mm-hmm. Like, you know how they would always say, coming to New York and L.A. and then select cities? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nine times out of ten, we were one of those cities that was selected. Really? Yes. Wow. We got a lot of good uh, independent films playing here in the 90s. And it seemed like that was because people would actually support them by going out. Yeah. I say that because the movie theater was pretty much packed. Mm-hmm. And in this film's entire theatrical run, it made less than $5 million. Wow, really? Mm-hmm. According to Wikipedia. Oh, wow. Yes. That's interesting. So I watched the movie Swingers. That's a little bit of my history with the movie. I saw it, I think, two or three times in the theater, watched it a few times on basic cable, and rented it, of course. And so, mm-hmm. yes. It's, okay. It's an interesting movie. Yeah, it is. Starts off, there's a man named Mike. Yes. And... He was in a six-year relationship with this girl, Michelle. It's a long time. They broke up. 
when he moved from New York to L.A. to take comedy and acting more seriously. He has Mm -hmm. a group of friends who are there to help him and, you know, see him through his days. Mm Mm-hmm. He's uh starts off early in the movie. He's just kind of like going around town, doing his thing. Mm-hmm. Comes home, gets a call from his friend whose name starts with a T. Trent. Trent, played by a young Vince Vaughn. Mm-hmm. Trent says, "We got to go out tonight. I want to take you to Vegas." This comes out after they're speaking for a little while. Mm-hmm. Dress up. We're gonna have a fun night on the town. Yeah. Fast forward, Mike is in the car with Trent. Mike has a nice suit on Mm -hmm. because they're going to Vegas. Trent just has a wife beater. So he doesn't look very nice. Yes. Just Mike does. Exactly. (laughs) Okay. But Mike convinces him to put on the suit before they get to the gambling spot, which ends up being a place that is inhabited by 60 plus people. (laughs) 60-year-olds who are older than 60. <laughs> and they're all, and they're like say. the only young people, yeah. well, with a few. I should have phrased that better. But basically, yeah. <laughs> people who almost got on the Golden Girls. <laughs> Very funny. Thank Very you. funny. Yeah. They go in. Mike believes that they have to act like high rollers. Mm-hmm. They end up at this blacked jack table where there is one guy with these two girls who look fairly attractive Mm -hmm. we find out that it's a hundred dollar minimum to get into the beds wow mike (laughs) loses two hundred dollars immediately and they're reduced to going to another blackjack table yeah and isn't the one part where they put on they put down 20 and one puts down 20 and the other puts down whatever it was something like that yeah anyways mike is upset because of all the money he lost Mm -hmm. But Trent goes up to a waitress who he bumped into earlier in the movie. Yes. Tells her, you know, they want drinks. They're going to wait. She eventually comes back and he says, I want to meet you at this club in uh, at 601 with you and some friends right after you and one of your close friends right after we get done with work. Mm-hmm. Mike and Trent end up at the club. They meet the girls. One of them is dressed as Dorothy because he plays her in the Wizard of Oz revival. At oh, uh, oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Go off to a trailer. They're hitting on these girls. Trent goes into the back with, I believe, the waitress. Am I correct with that? I believe so, yes. And he's like, uh, let me just check on my boy. He w- he looks out at Mike, and it looks like he's making out with this girl. Yeah. But she's really just leaned in because he's telling the story about how badly the relationship is. Yeah, 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 yeah. It looks like they're kissing. Um, and we don't know the names of these women. Oh, I good, don't think. because I'm horrible. I don't know the names of these women. Good. They're and and they're women. not a big part in the movie. No, they're not. At one point, Mike is like, do you mind if I use a phone? I have a calling card, which is how old this movie is. And 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 the, the two girls are, are talking. And Trent is basically, this has underwear on where they're talking about, oh, it's so cute. Oh, oh Mike is so sweet. Yes. You know, and they're just like fawning over Mike because they're like, oh, he, this guy is so sweet. And Trent's, and they're just like, you know, ignoring, him. ignoring Trent because Trent does not know how to talk to women. He does not understand women, no. it seems like. Earlier, you could just. Mike and Trent eventually return to L.A. Mike goes out golfing with a friend of his who just moved out, but he knew this guy from the East Coast. I forgot his name. Um, the goofy guy. Uh, oh, I forgot what his name was. Is it Rob or something? 
I think Rob might have been it. Okay. Yes. He's he's a he's a the goofy person, right? Yeah. Yeah. At one point, Mike says, Have you noticed I, I haven't brought Michelle up today? <laughs> and I've had friends do that as a passive aggressive way of crowbarring their ex into the conversation. Yeah, I uh, Which is really annoying when that happens. It is annoying. It's like, have you noticed I haven't talked about <laughs> And that usually means we're gonna spend the next hour and a half talking about them. Oh, I, 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 I understand. Yes. Yes, I do. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Babe, have you noticed that I haven't talked about any of my ex-girlfriends today? Well, I would hope not. They're out of the picture. Good. I was just, in case you didn't notice. No, no, no. I'm joking, babes. Yeah. Have you noticed I haven't talked about any of my ex-boyfriends today? Well, that's good. That's good. That's the way it should be. That's right. That's right, Jay Wolf. Yes. Uh, I actually don't think that's true. What? When we were having cocoa... Oh yeah, but but yeah, I know. But that was I forgot why. I think that there was a reason why I brought that up. But but that's that was just today. Oh, I remember what it was. We were talking about our first dates, and you were saying, "Was it awkward for me?" And I said, "It was awkward because you kept bringing up all these guys." It was a it was a second date, by the way. That's right, in my place. It was a second date, and and I said, "Well, you have to understand, I was very very confused." A lot of guys wanted to hit it. Not, not really. I mean, get with them. Uh, they probably, they probably thought about it, but they weren't. You know. Anyway, we almost didn't have a third date, but life happened, and we are together now. That's white. Yes. Okay, go on. Back to the movie, babes. Oh, I think we should explain because I don't. I think this is important. Trent and Mike are talking into the rap pack. Yes, they're, they're very into the fifties. And so a lot of the ways that they talk about women, like they call them babies, beautiful babies. They call each other baby, which is really weird. <laughs> they do. They do. <laughs> that was weird. And, and, um, you know, he even calls, you know, Trent even calls Mike gorgeous on occasion, which is, I thought was really weird. This is really weird. Like men should not be talking to each other like this yes, yes. <laughs> whatever. Anyway. Okay. So go on, please. All right. Eventually. The guys decide to go out and hit the town. We get a Deep Space Nine reference in this. Movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Trent, not Trent, Mike uh, auditioned with this guy who he sees at one of the parties. They go over and they start talking. And I'm only mentioning this because it's relevant to the movie. Mm-hmm. I, I hate it when people just do this without any reason. His friend is black. And he's like, they're talking about pilot season. And his friend says, oh, yeah, I'm still trying to explain to my parents that I didn't get Deep Space Nine. <laughs> which I'm assuming meant that he was going to play Commander Cisco. That was hilarious. That made me laugh. I thought that was funny, too. I thought you would really like that. Yeah. <laughs> and there was a scene when they were out partying that basically helped Vince Vaughn have a huge career. Explain it, please. Okay. He sees this girl smoking a cigar and Trent thinks he's really attractive. Eventually, he goes up to talk to her and finds out that she's very nutty. She's very dramatic. We hear the music from Jaws playing in the background. <laughs> it's great. He turns around and rips up her number. Now, the rumor I've heard about that scene, babes, mm-hmm. is that Steven Spielberg, because he directed the first Jaws movie, owned the right to the music used in it. Mm. So... If they wanted to use anything, any sound from it, they had to get approval from him. Mm-hmm. He watched the film, saw Vince Vaughn's acting, and cast him in the second Jurassic Park film based mm-hmm. on that movie. Oh, wow. Which helped him 
go a lot further in his career. Uh-huh. Yes. Wow. And I choose to believe that that story is true. Okay. Anyways. That was an interesting scene. Yes. He's look, he looked really, really bored, yes, apparently. Yes, yes, They're partying. They're having a good time. Eventually, they end up at this bar when John Favreau, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Mike, mm-hmm. goes up to the scroll. She's like, I think I saw you at Starbucks. <laughs> yeah, you had me introduce you to my manager <coughs> because yeah. you wanted a job there. And he's like, that must have been a while ago. He's like, no, that like, was two weeks ago. Yeah, he goes back. He's feeling defeated. Vince Vaughn sees him and says, I want you to go back over there, but I don't want you to be the PG, Mike. I want you to be the guy from the R-rated movie. We don't know if we should root for him or not and get her number. Yeah. Doesn't. Yeah. It's going good. They leave the bar and his friend Sue is accidentally like hit in the shoulder by a group of guys who's coming to go into it. Mm-hmm. He starts to freak out. Mm-hmm. Him and these other guys start yelling at each other. And he takes out a gun. Yes. The other guys just run off. Mm-hmm. Mike and Sue kind of get into it. Sue tells Mike, you know, we know that you're bad with women because if you've been laid once since you've been here, we would have known about it. Mm-hmm. Basically, Mike storms off, goes back to his scene, his place, sorry. And this is one of the most iconic scenes in the movie where he calls Nikki's voicemail. <laughs> three, I think it's like three or four times. It's like five times. Five times, yeah. <laughs> and like, I don't know if this is going to work out or not. He, he, she, he's like, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm here again. Um, I think your machine tried to cut me off, so I'm going to give you my number. Yes. And then, <laughs> it's like, can you just call me back? Because I really want to talk to you in person. And then the last message is like, you know, Nikki, I'm sorry. This is just not going to work out. It's not you. It's me. And well, no. Then he calls back again, and she picks up, and he's like, have you, have you heard any of this message? And she says to him, I think I said she's like, but. That's because I speak really fast. She says, don't ever call me again. Yes, and hangs up the phone. <laughs> For good reason. A couple days later, his friend, who we are going to be calling Rob, comes over to his place with some food and sees that the place is dirty. Mm-hmm. Mike hasn't been shaving or anything. He sits down, and Mike explains to Rob that he's thinking about going back to New York. Mm-hmm. Rob tells Mike, your problem is you don't look at the things that you have. You have an agent. You haven't been having the best gigs, but you're working. You're, you, you know, and this is beautiful weather out here. Yep. Mike says, but I still think about Michelle every day. Rob says, the pain will eventually go away. She's not calling you because she's living her own life. And you left. Yes. And you've got to live your own life out here. And he, and what I thought would really, really stuck with me is when he says, you know, when do you work, wake up and it's, it hurts and then, it hurts a little less, and then the next day or the day after that, it. Uh, what did you say? At some point, you'll wake at up one day, you, yeah, and it won't hurt at all, and you begin to miss the pain because you've yep. lived with it for so long. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like just as much as you missed her. Yes. And I'm like, that is really interesting. Some time goes by. Eventually, Mike goes over to Sue's place again, mm-hmm. and he sees the guys who Sue pulled out the gun. And they're playing a video game. Yeah, and, and it's explained to him, oh, no, we actually ran into those guys when we went to get uh, some waffles. And, um, <laughs> waffles. And uh, 
uh, what's the guy Trent, with Trent Trent cleared it up. Trent cleared it up. They're cool guys. Yeah, they're cool guys. And you said, and I'm really, really sorry about what I said. I mean, yeah, they apologize. Know. They hug it out. Hit the <laughs> club again. Mike goes to the bar to talk to this girl, Lorraine. Yes. And it comes out that Mike loves quiche, even though it's a girl's. Uh, a quiche Lorraine is a is a type of quiche, I think. Okay. Apparently. They start talking. Eventually, they dance. Mike gets her number. He gives her his card, which has, like, the Groucho Marx duck on it. She recognizes that. Yeah. And he's surprised because no comedy club owners have picked that out. Yeah. So he's really excited about this girl. Yep. Goes home. Goes to bed. Wakes up the next morning. Goes over to his calendar. Puts her card onto it. Uh-huh. And X's out a day. Realizes that he has two more days to go before he can call her. Yep. Gets a call. It's Michelle. It is Michelle. She explains. She misses Mike. I've been thinking about things. She wants to talk to him. Gets another phone call. It's Lorraine. She says, my friends have said that I shouldn't call you so soon, but I really wanted to talk to you. He says, hold on. Goes back to Michelle. Says he has to go. She's like, I'm going to be out of town for two weeks. I heard that you're moving. It's like, actually, no, I'm not moving back anymore. Yeah. But uh, I'll call you back uh, when you come back into town. In a a week. In a week, yeah. Yeah. And then she's like, I love you. And she completely <laughs> goes over to I Lorraine. thought that was really funny. Yes. They agree to get together. At least that's what it sounds like. Yeah. Last scene, I believe, is he's in the bar or in, in a uh, diner with Trent. Yeah. And his other, fr- other, other friends, I think. No, no. It's just him and Trent. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. They're talking about life and everything. <laughs> and I love this part. Trent sees this girl. Across the way, behind Mike, who's making faces, and Trent thinks that she's really into him. Yeah. So he starts, you know, making kind faces of ogling, at her. Yeah, ogling her. And she gets up and she picks up a baby. And, and he's like, up. we're going to go bye-bye. Yeah. <laughs> and he's he's completely clueless. Yes. And that's the end of the movie. <laughs> he's completely clueless. And then he, he realizes, Trent, um, uh, was it Trent that asked Mike, did you call her back? And he's like, nope. I didn't call her back. That was before the baby part of it. Right, that was, yes. yeah. And he says, it didn't occur to me. And Trent's like, yeah. it didn't occur to him. It yeah. didn't occur to him. Yes. Yes. Yes, I know. Yes. Would he, I would give this movie like a strong seven to an eight. You were laughing through it. And at the end of the movie, you were saying, ah, it wasn't that good. But before I could say anything, um, like as soon as I saw the video, I'm like, what did you think? And you were like, ah, it wasn't that good. I'd well, give it an eight. And then you're like, maybe I'd give it a seven. Okay, I give it a seven, maybe not a seven and a half. See, you kept going back and forth. I know, First it was I know. An eight, then a seven. And no, a half, it's and a, a it's a seven now, and I'll, I'll tell you why. And, okay. the, and I'm going to stick with that. I'll tell you why. Tomorrow's I think it's going to be a five. No, no, because this this movie seemed like it was more of a guys movie, and I, I don't know. Um, uh, it, it was, I thought the fifties lingo was kind of interesting, mm-hmm. you know, that the, you know, they were living in the nineties, but they were obsessed with a rat pack or whatever it is. Um, so I kind of thought that was kind of interesting and there was some funny parts to it. Um, but I, I don't know. It just seemed, it just seemed like too much of a guy's movie to me, but it's not a bad, film. it's not a bad film. No, no, no. By any means it's not bad. It's just not necessarily my favorite, but I, I did enjoy it. Um, but I'm not like in love with it. That makes any sense. I'm assuming that there are some guys in your life who have not gotten over you, 
Will you send them a letter without any uh, return address recommending this film? No. Okay, good. Would you recommend this movie to anybody? Yeah, I think I would recommend it to like a guy who is has broken up with um, a girl. Um, Maybe that would maybe that would cheer him up. Whoever it is, but yeah, I don't know. I just think this this is. This just seems like too much of a, a a guy's movie to me. Now I'm really curious to see what you think about Bugsy. Uh oh, <laughs> I'm a little worried about that. I'm not really a fan of uh, gangster stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh-oh. What does this film teach us about getting over breakups? Mm. It takes time. I can tell you with uh, the breakups I got that I had to get over and even the ones that were short, like, and it's, it doesn't count the ones, the ones that don't count are the ones that I actually broke up with the person. Um, though some, it doesn't even matter if it's like a two month breakup or whatever it is, or if it's off and on, it, it really does hurt. It, it hurts. What can we learn about rejection from the movie Swingers? Well, some people will go through rejection, but you you uh, dust yourself off and 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 you try again, as Aaliyah would say. What about the pleasure of pain? The pleasure of pain? Because when Rob is at Mike's apartment, he says at some point you begin to miss the pain. I don't know if I I could say that for myself though. If I ever missed any pain of a breakup, okay. It it it's interesting how he phrased it because I never missed the pain of a breakup because I know how painful it is and I never wanted to feel that pain again. If that makes any sense, it does. So I don't know if I can agree with him on that part. But you said that this is one of the scenes that really spoke to you. Well, so it, it stuck with me. It stuck with me, and I don't know if it necessarily spoke to me. The, the part that spoke to me was when he said, someday you'll wake up, some days you'll wake up, and it's it's going to hurt, and then it hurts a little less, and then one day you'll wake up, and it it doesn't hurt anymore. That's what spoke to me, because mm. it, it's true. It just takes time. There are, There is a day that you will, you know, you'll feel, you'll feel the most pain, and then it'll, it'll, It'll be there for a while, and then one day you'll wake up, and it's like, I don't care anymore. I'm over it. I'm done. And that's happened to me. Well, good. I I smacked you on the butt. No, on my thigh. Oh, okay, good. Uh Oh. So, there. There you go. Babes. What? In fairness, I meant to hit your butt. Well, you didn't, Uh which is good. Sorry. It's so weird... We've talked about this in private. I don't know if we discussed it here. It's socially acceptable to smack a woman on her ass, but you can't smack her in the face, which I, I'm, I, by the way, I'm completely against smacking a woman on the face. No, no, no. But it is so weird that there are some areas where it's just like, yeah, you, you smacked her on the ass. You know what I mean? Mm. So, like. Do we have to talk about this now? Oh, you don't want to go here? It's a little too private. Okay. Yeah. By the way, I I I'm, I know I just said this. I'm completely against smacking a woman on the face. Would you yeah. agree with that? 
yes, that I'm I, against that. Yes, I, I would not, and, and in turn, I would never smack a man um, in the face unless I really had to. But yes. I wouldn't. I would not do that to you. But I would smack that ass. Ah. <laughs> Apparently not right now. Though. All right, all right, babes, babes. There. Ouch. Not my leg, babes. I know. <laughs> no, could, stop it. You could be arrested for that, okay? Oh, come on, it didn't hurt you. Did no, it? no, it didn't hurt me. It didn't. You said ouch. I was having fun with you, babes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm well, sorry. you said give me a kiss. Uh, did I hurt you? You hurt me enough to deserve that. So much that I deserve a kiss. I shall we. Okay, good. I shall we. What do you think happens with Mike and Lorraine? You know, I think it's a fresh start for them because Lorraine um, said that she was getting over a relationship. As well. Four months into the breakup. Right, right. So they're, it sounds like they are in the same boat. I'm so sorry. Did I hurt you? No, no. I was actually just moving. No, no, no. I'm really sorry. I... No, you didn't hurt me, babes. Okay. Um, yeah, so they're they're in the same boat here. Yeah. And it sounds like they're going through this together, and I think it's a fresh start for both of them. And I don't believe that they wanted to get into a rebound relationship Um uh, yeah, maybe they were both afraid to get into. I don't know how Lorraine felt about it, but you know, it sounded like Mike didn't really. It wasn't ready to move on, but maybe Lorraine was helping him move on because she, him, and her were going through pretty much the same thing, and maybe they decided, okay, we're just going to go through it together. Are they a couple now, or no? I believe so. Really. Yeah, or maybe they're not a couple just yet, but they're getting to know each other. No, I'm talking about in 2021. Maybe. I don't know. Okay. It's hard to say. I mean, this came out like... In 1996. A long time ago, in 1996, yeah. I don't think that they're together, but I believe there's a chance that maybe they were in a relationship and it ended well. With everybody on good terms. So you think that they were together for a brief time? Maybe like a year or two. And then it just ended, but nobody hates each other. But it wasn't no, it wasn't two years plus. I mean, it could have been, mm-hmm. but you think that they could still be a couple? It's possible, but who knows? I mean, maybe they decide to try it, and they were only together for a year or even two years, and then they decided, okay, this isn't going to work. Does Mike ever make it as a comedian or actor? I would imagine eventually he does. Mm. Yeah. What about Trent? I don't know about him. I don't think that he is successful at getting women, but I think maybe he does make it. Oh. Whatever he does. I can't remember what he does. What does he do? He's an actor. Okay. Maybe he does make it, but I don't think he's successful in women mm-hmm. with women for a long time. Nice. He obviously doesn't understand when a woman is uh, talking to her baby. Oh. <laughs> is there anything else you want to say about this movie? Ah, uh, the music was great. I really liked the mu- the music. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you. Why? Because I selected this movie for us to watch. Okay. 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 Whoa. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Hmm? I'm glad I got to show it to you. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to see what you think of the movies, the movie I select for tonight. I'm still going back and forth, but I'm leaning towards Bugsy. You don't have to show it to me. I mean, you can wait on that. It doesn't have to be tonight. 
Part of me also wants to save it in case we do a biopic weekend. Maybe you should. But I don't know. We'll, we'll see well, where think about the it. Think goes. about it. I, I'm not, you know, I'm okay with you not showing it to me tonight. Um, I can watch something else with you. And then another film I thought about is Chasing Amy mm-hmm. because we've discussed it so much and you haven't seen it from beginning to end. Yeah. But I also thought, I also thought that your, um, your explanation of soap dish is kind of interesting too. Yes. We'll see what happens, babes. All right. Yes, babes. J-Lo. Yes. Did you have any dreams last night? Yes, it was very weird. Tell me. So the weirdest dreams that I have are when I'm listening to something, and I don't know what, why that is, but it has nothing to do with what I was listening to. I had a dream that I went to this restaurant, and I was with a bunch of people, and it was this woman's birthday party. I can't, I couldn't tell you what her name was or how old she was. And her dad was like, I want to sing happy birthday to my daughter, but I want to choose someone to sing it with, but the person has to stuff their mouth full of food. And he chose me. And he said, hey, um, I want to sing happy birthday with you, but you have to make sure that you stuff your mouth with uh, macaroni and cheese. And I just happened to have it in front of me. And I'm like, okay, sure, that's weird, but I'll, I'll do it. So I stuffed my mouth, and before I could sing, he starts singing to her. And I'm like, I can't believe you did that. I was I was ready to do that, and now I have to eat all this food. <laughs> <laughs> I woke up. It was very weird. I had a very bizarre dream too. I went over to this apartment and there were at least five other people there who were spending the night. So I get ready for bed and we hear this couple yelling at each other out in the hall. You said there was two women. Yeah, but that that's, could still be a couple, babes. Okay. Well, Okay. I get up to go to the kitchen, get something to drink, come back, and people have switched their positions on the couch and the floor, so I got to find a new place to rest. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Getting ready, and then I woke up. Getting ready to find a new spot. You couldn't find find the bedroom? I don't know why nobody was going into the bedroom. That's really funny. Yeah. Was it a big apartment or was it like a small? It was an all right size Portland apartment. Wow. Yeah. Like around this size? Yeah, something like that. Wow. And it, and there was like five people over there? Maybe more, but that's wow. five to like ten people, something like Whoa, that. Whoa, and that one apartment. Okay. Yes. Okay. In the living room. Wow. Yes. Interesting. But that was my dream. That's odd. Hmm. Isn't that interesting how we have those those vivid dreams like that? Yeah. J-Lo. Yes. Is there anything else you want to talk about? No, I do not. Okay, so maybe we should wrap this up? Yes, we should. Can I get a kiss? Okay. Mm. All right. Okay. I think this is uh, it. We did it, babes. We did. Yes. We did. All right. All right. Bye-bye for now. Bye-bye for now. Bye-bye.